Hey guys, welcome to my debut episode of Andrea Town, my very first podcast. I'm super excited that you guys are here. And my first guest today is my husband, Kevin Kelly. He turned out to be a great guest. And low-key, I had to have him on because he runs the podcast. But we had a very interesting talk. We talked about Me Too. We talked about gay relationships. We talked about the entertainment business. And um, it was uh, very fascinating. I learned a lot about him. And I hope you guys enjoy it. Mix up town I'm Andrea Natoli. This is my podcast. I'm Kevin Kelly. This is her podcast. And you are my very first guest because... Because I'm your very third husband. (laughs) You are my third husband. I am your third husband. That's interesting right there, I think. That's interesting to talk about. Yeah. What what is it like to be third? Because I'm your second wife. You are my second wife. Right. Um, I don't trust people that have never been married. Right. I wouldn't date anyone that's never been married. Sure. I just feel like that's got it. You got to get that out of the way. Yeah. Well, and 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 for me, I uh, I don't think I would have ever re- like seriously dated anyone without kids. Like that was so the. You got a piece. mom thing. I got a. You are a total milf. Mom fetish is in. That's very popular. Is it, is it right in? Now. It's in. I'm trendy now. You're trendy. Oh my god. Look at that. No, it is. It's very hot. Okay. My friend who is in the adult entertainment industry told me that that's that that's what's in demand. Moms are in demand. So this podcast doesn't work out. Right, there we go. I got options. <laughs> um, okay, so that so you wouldn't date anybody who didn't have kids? Uh, well, so, uh, not for a long period of time, but I'm married, so um, I'm not even thinking about that. Do you say that as a disclaimer to like I comfort me totally or, comfort, said that or to disclaimer. convince yourself? No, that was, that was to comfort you, Mike. Right, because you think I'm worried? No. No? I'm worried. <laughs> About you, not about am I, me. Am I like the biggest bitch you've ever dated? Uh, would you say no. You're the you're the the uh, you're the most womanly. Really? Yeah. How so? You're just you're just a broad. I mean, you're just a woman. So is is a broad a term you can still use today? Do you think? Uh, I hope so, because I just did. <laughs> and we're not editing now. No, we are not. Well, you're editing, so uh, this is true. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go into. When they go and do voiceover. <laughs> when I watch it back. A really like, nice person. <laughs> <laughs> I better watch the editing process. That's well, right. Let me ask you this while we're on that topic. Over my shoulder. The whole Me Too thing. Yeah. As a man, mm-hmm. now you're not rich or famous. I'm the, the complete opposite of those things. Right. But just as a man, mm-hmm. when that all came out, how did that affect you? Did you feel... Well, I won't put words in your mouth. Well, no, there. I mean, th- there was a, a moment of just sort of like, oh shit, mm. do I do I have some things to answer for? And I'm sure I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I'm not rich or famous, so I don't have a whole lot to worry about in in that regard. But I have never, at least I don't think I have, uh, disrespected women in that way. Right. Uh, I mean, it's totally possible. I'm sure. I'm sure I've used some choice. Some choice phrases, and there have been uh, been girlfriends that I did not treat very well. Right. And I, don't, I don't think I treated my first wife very well either. But, mm. uh, 
Yeah, I, I know for me as a woman, when it all came out, I started to think back on so many incidences mm -hmm. that were incidences. Is that a word? Yeah, that, that is, yeah, yeah. So many incidents, incidents that were along those lines, inappropriate uh -huh. or, um, you know, I think I had to do some real soul searching because as a woman, in in this industry mm -hmm. and and i don't know that it's that different in any industry a woman at a job but in this industry yeah. especially i think there were a lot of choices that i made that were walking that line mm -hmm. because i thought i had to you know sure there was a okay i want to get on this show or i want to you know move my career in this direction and the fact that that i'm attractive or mm -hmm. that the person is attracted to me is my end. Let's be clear. You're hot. You're not, it's not attractive. It's, it's hot. You're now I'm fat, but I was hot back in the day. I have proof. I have pictures. I had to really look at that. And I think this year I've really been exploring my intention, mm -hmm. you know, um, not that any of that was my fault or whatever, but just sort of like leading, leading with that as opposed right. to leading with talent or leading with hard work. Or, you know, and not to say that I didn't do all those things as well. I was a hard worker mm -hmm. to the best of my ability. But I just think that as a woman who, you know, found herself attractive, <laughs> sorry, who, who knew that I was getting male attention right. at, at, at the early stage of my career, I think I definitely used that, mm -hmm. use that inappropriately. Well, I, I don't know that it's inappropriate. I think it's, it, there's, there are, geez, I'm going to catch a lot of flack for this one. The tools in a toolbox. Um, and, and unfortunately, the entertainment industry, I think, is full of, uh, full of predators and full of people who will lay themselves at those predators' feet if they think it's going to get them something. Right. And I guess I guess what I'm saying is that I think that's a two way street yep. in, in a way, you know, like I think that if I'm leading you on mm -hmm. because, say, you're the president of CBS. Right. right. And I'm leading you on. But I'm not Topical. really <laughs> less moon vets. No oh. one wants to see that. Oh, hey, now. Um, <laughs> with the left. Never going to be cast on a CBS show. Allegedly. Ever again. <laughs> right. Allegedly. No, but I'm just saying. So you, you're the president of a network sure. and I'm not attracted to you at all. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to sleep with you at all. Right. But you ask me to dinner. Sure. And I'm pretty clear that the reason you're asking me to dinner is because you like me. Mm -hmm. But the reason I'm going to dinner is because you have power that could potentially. And listen, I've, I've done those dinners. Right. I've gone to those dinners oh, with those absolutely. agents, yeah. you know, that it was like there was no way this was ever going to transpire to anything sure. or a producer. But... It was kind of like playing the game. Uh, sure. Uh, well, and I think that's a, a specific situation because you have a person in power, a person who can make or break in that moment um, or, or, you know, going forward for that actor or actress or whatever, because it's not, it's not just actresses. I mean, there's a lot of people that will be gay for pay. Um, but... Uh, Dating is like that to begin with, but when you add that element of power, it, I think it, it really, it gets really dicey. Sure, but I think if, if you are Kevin Kelly who drives a bus, 
the odds of me going to dinner with you just because you drive a bus and I want a bus pass, you know what I mean, or whatever. Maybe I'm driving Danny Parker. <laughs> are lower by you just dated yourself. I did, it's true. You just took us right back to the 1970s. I did. But, but it's, it's different. It's just different. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is that if I was a man, I would be very worried uh, about, yes. you know, who I might have offended along mm -hmm. the way. I mean, obviously, there's the blatant ones, okay? If you were in a room with a girl and she said, I don't want to fuck you, and you fucked her anyway, right. then you are... Harvey Weinstein. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, well, you know, yeah, uh, you are, you know, in trouble. Like, yeah, you, you I mean, that is that is very cruelly raped. But, but well, yeah. if you, you know what I mean, took somebody out, went too far, you know, there's probably sure. said something. That's the thing that I think is the hardest to trace, right, for a man is, is what have I said? It's, well, yeah, but saying things is one thing. And the other piece is, especially if you are, you know, rich and famous and or powerful, there is the issue of... Uh, of retaliation as well. Like maybe you didn't do those things, that's but somebody's another, really pissed at that's you. That's another factor. You know, that's another factor that I don't even want to, like I don't even want to fathom that women right. would use that in a retaliatory way. And, and a, as a man, and I only threw it out there just because of a, a devil's advocate situation, it probably happens incredibly rarely. Um, what do you mean, on the gay side? No, 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 oh. on, the, on, the, on the issue of, uh, women retaliating against men that they just have a vendetta against. I don't know though. Making, I mean, I mean, stuff I mean, that's a real thing. It's funny. I almost wanted to like call some guys and be like, Hey, just so you know, that was consensual. I'm not coming after right. you. You know what I mean? Like, oh God, Jerry, let me tell you, I'm so, <laughs> oh, I'm so relieved that you said that. Oh God, I was you know, sweating I, bullets here. The the thing is, is that not that not that anybody that I slept with or you know whatever that it wasn't consensual. Wait, I know there were other guys. That's how I got so good. <laughs> it takes a lot of practice uh, to be able to <laughs> do what I can do. Is that how you? Oh. Anyway, stop. My children might watch this. Um, <laughs> hey, stop. They know how they came into this stop world. Stop while you're ahead. Um, but I think that, um, you know, not, like I said, not that they would think it wasn't consensual, but just maybe the thought would cross their mind that, Hey, you know, maybe that ended badly, or maybe, you know, uh, yeah. she has a vendetta against me or maybe, you know what I mean? Sure. I, I mean, the, and I, there are so many relationships that I'm sure I ended incredibly poorly that they could come back that they could like, come you know back. What? Yeah. Right. So. Good for you for not being more successful or rich. Right? Round of applause for daddy. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, let's let's get into the gay thing a little bit because there is a there is a movie that's out that's a, that's pretty much about that. I mean, what's the movie that we watched about the young boys? Oh, is an open secret. An open secret, right? That was the the. And so Corey now Feldman there's one called yeah. Scotty and the Secret History of Hollywood. Okay. Um, and again, too, this is this taps into a fictionalized version of that, or is it, it a documentary? I don't or? know. I think okay. it's a documentary. I'm not okay. sure. I'll look at it. But um, but but that men come up against the same thing. Totally. And so I guess what I I want to ask you, like, what you know, has that ever been an issue for you? Uh, no, because I don't think I ever. Um, 
I'm trying to think. I mean, there there may be a number of people who either represented me at the time because they thought something might happen. Now, or... did you know, though, going in? Did you know, like, hey, I'm an attractive guy. This guy's gay. There's a very good chance he's repping me, you know, because uh, he's hoping something. No, no I think I was incredibly naive in a whole lot of that just because I thought, you know, uh, it, it was, I, I had a but girlfriend. you went to school with gay guys. I did. A lot of gay I did. men, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, and um, as someone who was very comfortable being straight mm -hmm. it was uh you know when it whenever i got that kind of attention it was it was flattering mm -hmm. but it wasn't you know it, they were never creepy about it and it wasn't you know when, when i when i said you know that was a no means no i wasn't right. you know i didn't feel like um they were abusive about it. you know you know i still have a lot of gay friends and that's um, yeah, some of my best friends are gay. Some of my best friends are gay. Yeah. Uh, Did it come close? Did, was there ever anything where you really had to like uh, establish a boundary? No. And you never felt weird about it being objectified or just because I asked this question because so my <laughs> so so one of my good friends um, we went to a water park one time and okay. he was dating one of one of the, one of the guys that I was dating was his his sister's boyfriend who was very macho, very like Italian, gotcha, okay. like, hey, yo, what's happening? Mm -hmm. um, and at the water park, there was a lot of gay men there. Okay. And so when he would go down the slide, they were like really checking him out, like making little comments. And, and we got in the car and he said to me, he's like, I really feel for you girls mm -hmm. because that was just one um, incident. Right. But he said but he, to have to live life. Absolutely, in terms of the cat calls and walking down the street and making yeah. sure that you've got you know somebody with you, not right. walking down and the street alone. What you're going to wear, right? I mean, when I was a young young girl in New York, I lived in Jersey, and mm -hmm. I and I would go on acting calls in New York, and I would dress one way for right. the bus, the cab, and the walk to the audition. And then it all came and off. Then and, I, and then and then I had to take everything off and put on a completely different outfit, right. and just because. I didn't want to have to deal with it. Yeah. I just didn't want to have to, you know, feel vulnerable. Now, was that from experience or like, did your mom talk to you about that? Like, I started did, was, going, did yeah. Did have the conversation? Yeah. <laughs> I started going on auditions really young as a really mm -hmm. young girl. So I was pretty exposed to New York, even though I grew up in Jersey sure. and was kind of uh, sheltered. Um, it was, yeah, I mean, I don't think she ever talked to me about that. I think, I honestly, I think once I got into high school, we used to take trips over to New York. Mm -hmm. I noticed, you know, tight jeans, tight sweater, a lot of attention. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know if I want that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and early on in my career, the roles that I would go out for were very body, you yeah, know, specific right. roles. Yeah. So I knew I had to dress a certain way. But I was not about to walk around Manhattan like that. You know what I mean? Sure. So. Well, and then, I mean, when you, when you got to L.A. and you did things like... Uh, married with children right. and and even your arrested development character well, like still, it's, it's all yeah. yeah it's all about it's all about the rack all about boobs my boobs should have had their own side card right. they got me more work than my face did but what i will say is that it's interesting in la being sort of that mm -hmm. it, it's it's not the same in new york yeah. it was yeah, it was I felt like a little bit more dangerous, a little bit more predatory. Sure. Walking around the streets in New York because not everybody was an actor. It's funny yeah. in LA, you see some girl, girl you're like, oh, she must be an actor. She's on, a, she's on her way to an audition, you know. Well, and I think the the other part of that is just geography. You know, yeah. the the LA is just so spread out. I hear you. Climate. 
Uh, yeah. That's another factor, too. You know, um, people walk but, around but and not a lot of clothes in L.A. That in, that in New York is everything is squished onto this little teeny island that has you know just been forced to grow up instead of out. And you've got 13 million people there during the day. Yeah. You know, it's a and and they're in the walk in and you've got different industries. You know, mm -hmm. you've got you've got manufacturing, you've got distribution, you've got the trades, you've got acting, you've got business, all sorts of different businesses that you have those in L.A., but for the most part, the tax base is Hollywood. Yeah, you know. it's, it's very geographic. Like, and you were you grew up in San Jose. I grew up in San Jose. Who was the hottest girl in San Jose or in your in your neighborhood? Who was the hottest girl in my neighborhood? Wow, I'm in a lot of trouble with my Facebook friends right yeah, now. Yeah, no, it's. it's <laughs> But but it's but if you had all one, these it, women who were my was, Facebook friends, I was the hottest girl. Yeah, but it wasn't all of them, right? No. Right. No. It was and, very, and but like in L.A., it's so saturated. I think. Yeah, it, know, it, it is. It is sort of the dime a dozen, and you know, occasionally you'll get the 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 one who you're intimidated to talk to because she's so pretty. You are one of those. Good save. That wasn't that wasn't Good a save. That's the truth. <laughs> So it's it's funny. It's I. Um, this is also going to get me in trouble. Uh, if if anyone ever listens to this or watches this. Oh, thanks for um, confidence there. No, <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm saying people people who are my friends. Oh, huh, um, they're all going to listen to it because you're going to promote the shit out of it on your Facebook. It's true. Um, but I didn't always. Uh, I was always more attracted to brains than beauty. Mm. Um, so it wasn't always a, a thing. I don't think that's, I don't think anybody's going to take offense to that. I mean, you didn't date ugly, <laughs> sorry, smart girls. Sorry you weren't hot. Sorry you weren't hot and you were just smart. <laughs> sorry I was into smart girls yeah. at that time. Yeah. Uh, why do you think that is? You think that's the way you grew up? Yeah, it's, um, yeah, the brains were always more important in my household than, than The focus than was beauty. more on yeah. that. Yeah. And, and it was a, um, it, you know, I, I had a girlfriend um, when I moved to L.A. who basically had to point out to me that I was attractive because it wasn't a it wasn't a, a thing that I was thinking of. Mm. I wasn't thinking to use it to my advantage. I wasn't. It was. But she would say, "It's so annoying because you can get anything you want just by smiling." Yeah. See, I grew up in a showbiz family, so you right. always led with your strength. Right. And I also think two Italians are are very, not about all Italians, but definitely New Jersey Italians, they point out your flaws and your, you know what I mean, right strengths. away. Yeah. Okay. I got off the plane and the first thing my uncle said to me was, you got skinny and now you got no ass. And I was like, hi, Uncle Tom, nice to Why see you. Why is your uncle looking at your ass? Because they just do and they judge you and they, oh, okay. you know all what right. I mean? They just, they just call it out or like, you're pretty. Your friend there, what's wrong with her? She's got a weird eye. You know, they just like, you know, oh, it's so-and-so. He's the one that walks funny. It's like, okay. you didn't even know you walked funny. You know, all of a sudden you're self-conscious because my family Shut up, I had polio. called it out. Yeah. I mean, it's just, that's the way that it is. Um, so let's talk about some of the stuff that's going on in the news. So what do you think about this Les Moonves thing? I mean, I'm not surprised at this point. I feel like anybody sure. who is a CEO of any kind of entertainment company is going to have some skeletons. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I you know, and it was a, it was a different time. And, and, you know, I haven't looked at any of the, the sort of more recent, because I understand that there are some more recent accusations, but like the ones that were 20 years ago, 
Is that doesn't make is it that okay? Him? Is that I didn't I didn't check that out. Is that his accusations? Less movements twenty years ago? Yeah, yeah. So you know, not that it makes it right. It certainly doesn't. But um, but it's twenty years ago, and you know the. It's just like it's just like your parents. When you're mad at your parents, like I'm not mad at my mom and dad now. I'm mad at my mom and dad thirty years ago. But what if like, your mom? But what if your mom and dad did something sexual to you? Oh well, that's that yeah. you kind of don't get over. Sure, and and I, I mean, think here's here's what I, I think. I think it does affect someone's life. Sure. Like uh, so, I have a Me Too story, which okay. which I which I won't share right now, right. but you know it. Yes. Um, and you know, and I think how it did affect me was. Um, I didn't see it coming. Okay. I was blindsided. I was. I really felt that the, the director slash producer, you know, was interested in me as an actress. Sure. It wasn't one of those things where I thought we had like a flirty thing. He was. I don't know if he was married at the time, but he's married now. But sure. He was in, definitely in a relationship. I was in a relationship. Mm -hmm. He had met the person I was in a relationship with, and so I felt comfortable going to his house. We were working on a project right. together. So I felt comfortable, you know, so my guard was down. Right, right. And then when that happened, it was so shocking and I was blindsided by it. Mm -hmm. And what it did was it really affected me um, in the way that I second guessed myself, mm -hmm. you know, with men and with every situation. Like, do they really want this or is it that? Did Am I leading them on? Did I do this? Wow. You know, and it really, it did affect my, my entire, the trajectory of my whole life and career. Mm -hmm. And it also really made me feel disenchanted a little bit with, with Hollywood. Sure. You know, because I was really young and yeah, I think it, it, it just, I, I got to see the ugly side of things really quickly. Gotcha. Really early on. And, and that does impact somebody. So when people come forth, you know, and, and yes, it's, there's a, there's a time lapse, you know, um, and it, and it was a long time ago. It, it's still, I think, valid in that it does affect you. It does mm -hmm. affect your life, depending on how severe it was. And for people like, um, that have spoken up, like Ashley Judd and stuff, you know, you start to see how it affected her career. Sure. Yeah, and I think that's another reason why uh, comedy was uh, definitely something that I, I, I don't know, I felt more powerful in, in, as a stand-up sure. than I did as an actor in general, you know? So I always saw myself as an actor. Okay. Um, actually, I saw myself as a singer first. I really thought I was going to okay. be a singer. And then I started really young uh, with my own band when I was 15. Right. Left high school and, and joined, formed, formed my own band, and gotcha. then we went on the road. And I knew, it's funny, I think in life you can picture stuff for yourself mm -hmm. and it can, and it, you know, you're picturing it and you're imagining it and you can take it as far as you want to take it. Right. And then when you actually pursue something, sort of like your talent level meets, you know, where your, where your dreams are and then you figure out, okay, either this sure. is possible or not. And with singing, I, I was good, I was never great. Okay. Um, I don't know if I could have become great. It would have taken a lot of studying, a lot of practice, a lot of, which I was already in it, doing it, making mm -hmm. money at it. Right. But I was always a good entertainer. Right. I was always good at talking to the audience in between songs, stalling when the band had an issue, sure. making people laugh, crowd work. You know, I was doing right. that at 15. So even though it wasn't stand-up, it wasn't jokes, I knew how to be in front of a crowd and mm -hmm. entertain a crowd. So when I was 
in my early 20s, maybe like 20, 21, I mm-hmm. lost my voice. I was smoking and I, well, I got nodules on my throat. That's not just from the smoke. Right. It was also from vocal strain, <laughs> vocal strain, which I didn't know anything about because I never, I never really trained to be a singer. Sure. You know, it's not like I went to a lot of classes or anything. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really know the proper way to sing. My parents were singers. I heard them sing. I probably mocked them, not right. mocked, but yeah, until mimicked you, until you them. developed your own style. And I was like, and, all right, here's my sound. Here's right. what I sound like. And um, so I, I was singing, you know, pretty hardcore, six, mm-hmm. six nights six a week. Six nights a week, right. A lot of sets, maybe six sets. Yeah, you know? your, and your hours sucked. And, and it I'm was, sure you it was rock. Enough. Yeah. I was singing a lot of rock. No, I never drank water. I drank Sprite. That was Sprite, all I drank. Yeah. And it wasn't even Sprite, it was Slice. That was the one that I liked. I don't even remember. It was like, a, it was like Sprite, but yeah. it was sweet. Yeah. Um, anyway, so then uh, I got nodules on my throat. Mm-hmm. I went back to New Jersey. <clears throat> my dad took me to see um, whatever they're called, an ENT. ENT. Yeah. And he said, you got two choices. We can either do surgery or you can go on vocal rest. And he said, you know, if you get surgery, there's a good chance that the scar tissue will, you know, mess with your voice. Yeah, you may or may not be able to sing. Right. I, I know it was a little, literally I was like Ariel from Little Mermaid. I was like, what? Can't sing, I lost yeah. my voice. I, 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 the thought of not singing when I sang every day since I was a child sure. was mortifying to me. It yeah. would be like, the only thing I can imagine, it's like it would be like a, a guy where they're like, oh, we're gonna do the surgery and you may or may not be able to use your dick again. I mean, it's a serious thing, you mm-hmm. know? Well, you're married, so now it's not, this is true. <laughs> it's not this as important is as it true, used yeah. to be. But um, so <laughs> so I was like, okay, uh, what's vocal rest? And he's like, I think it was like three months of no talking. No talking. And I was like, I have two small kids, which they love the fact that I couldn't, I couldn't talk. Right. I couldn't yell at them. I had to hold up signs. Stop it do, right do now. You, do you want to lose my mind? Do you want me to lose, me my, lose mind? my mind? Um, and so I went on vocal rest. But when I got my voice back, it wasn't ever as strong as it was. Sure. So I asked my dad, I'm like, what do I do? He's like, why don't you act? And uh, see, it's just, you know where you come from an entertainment family because a normal dad would be like, all right, it's time to give up on this singing bullshit, right. get a real job yes. and make some money. My dad's like, oh, you can't sing? Well, then you act. So I went down to the SAG office and and uh, was able to get my SAG card. Right, and well, because yeah, you already had the hours built up. From a commercial from that I did when I was a kid. And so, uh, <laughs> and so I, I got, a, got on a little part on a soap, and I thought, well, here we go. This is the new career. Right. So I was really, saw myself as a very serious actress. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's so interesting because I always like to make people laugh. Always been the one out of my friends that's like, I will do anything for the laugh. I'll right. always go for the laugh more than any. Like, I remember one time in school, teacher we had a substitute teacher and she asked me to pass out these papers mm-hmm. and it was almost like the whole class sort of went when she asked me because she was a substitute she didn't know you don't give them to andrea natoli andrea natoli's not going to pass out papers right it's like right. something funny is going to happen so i went around like you know passed ones like the first three people and then i was in catholic school and they used to have the, the windows that open yeah. and i just tossed the whole thing out the window like all the papers and the class was laughing. They were just, and the teacher's like, make sure you take those papers home. And every parent signed them, and the class is breaking up. They're like, we don't have the papers. She threw them out the window. And then we all went downstairs and out the front door, and there were papers <laughs> everywhere in the trees. And yes, yeah, so I knew the next day I'm busted. But in my mind, and this is how I think comics are, mm-hmm. in my mind, I didn't think about the consequences, what could sure. happen. I thought this will be hilarious. Commitment this to the will, bit. 
commitment to the bit. This will be funny, you know? And uh, I had a lot of teachers that would say, like, you're so bright. Right. What's wrong with you? And it's almost like I want to go back and go, I'm a comic. Who knew? I'm an addict and a comic. It's like, you know, there was no shot for me to behave in school. And I was very smart. Yeah. Well, and that's, I'm, sure, I'm sure you were bored and mm. not being challenged and so bored, yeah. so bored. And and I always had a questioning mind, you know, right. and in Catholic school in New Jersey, in a small town, uh, I questioned everything. Right. You know what I mean? They'd be like, Adam and Eve. I'd be like, wait, what? What happened? Right. You know what I mean? The wait, snake? Do you talk? And all of these yeah. people? Yeah. It? It's like, wait, Noah's Ark? It was like two animals. They all just marched on. That's right. And, and my question was, they were all living on the Ark? What about like, what about like the chain? What about the circle of life? Wasn't right. the lion trying to eat the monkey? You know what I mean? Or whatever the case is. Who knows? They all just fucking went on the boat. It just didn't make sense to do me. Do lions eat monkeys? We need to look that up. Yeah, let's Google that, find out if lions eat monkeys. Well, if you took, like, what were the animals on Noah's Ark? Right. And how big was the fucking ark? It must have been really big. So you had rhinoceroses. Yeah, rhinoceros. (laughs) Rhinoceros? What? If you have rhinoceros, like, that's going to take up the ark right there. How big was the ark? I mean, it had to have been, yeah. And it just floated on the, According to Bill Cosby, it was some sort of cubits. Oh, Bill Cosby. (laughs) That went down hard. Yeah, it did. Oh, yeah. dum Um. Anyway, so, so when I so anyway so the comic how I became a comic you asked sure. that. Sure. So, yes, I did. So I um, I, I left New Jersey, left Jersey, New York, went to L.A. to pursue acting, and I'm I'm cutting out a lot of parts. But anyway, I was sure. in New York. I was in L.A. pursuing acting, mm-hmm. and my mom lived in Vegas. And I would come. We, I would come with the kids. We'd drive to Vegas almost every weekend because okay. my mom would babysit me and my boyfriend at the time. would go out, party, and have fun in Vegas. My mom would watch the kids, sure. and we'd have a, we'd have a break basically. Gotcha. Monday through Friday was just the grind mm-hmm. of, of having kids. That's right. And um, so my mom uh, started running a comedy club. Okay. She, she started a, a room, a comedy room, because my mom was. You know, back when her and my dad performed, she was a singer, but she, my mom was very funny, very much an entertainer, and loved, loved stand-up comics. That's, you know, my mom took me to see Bill Cosby in Vegas when okay. I was a kid, you know? So, and she would always play me stuff and make me watch people who were funny. She sure. just had a, a, just a love for, a love for artists, I would say, my mother did. Sure. But especially comics, singers, that kind of stuff. So, um, so when I was living in LA, my mom was like, you should do stand up. I'm doing this room. You should do stand up. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm not, a, I'm not a comedian. She's like, you're very funny. You could do it. So she would type me these jokes on her typewriter and I would get jokes in the mail and they were awful. I wish I would have saved these jokes. Right. They were awful. One of them was something about like the. Tony Orlando and Dawn was like in the in the joke somewhere. Okay. That's how happy it was. Oh my god! She was like talking about like knock three times on the pipes oh, so that you know the, yeah. your landlord would turn the water on or something. I you know it was like all about being broke. You know what I mean? It was okay. all these jokes about being broke. Yeah. So I, did, I never did it. I never you know it was just right. like mom, you're ridiculous. I'm an actress. I, I saw myself going like you know the actor's studio, Uta sure. Hagen. You know I studied with. At HB Studios, and um, uh, I, I just saw myself as a serious. That, that's what I wanted to be—a serious actress, right. you know, like a Julia Roberts or mm-hmm. 
Deborah Winger or something. That, anyway, so, <clears throat> so my mom sent me these jokes. Anyway, when my mom passed away, I was telling this story to Anna Ortiz. I lived with Anna Ortiz. She's an actress. I met her on AUSA. Mm -hmm. um, we became friends. We became roommates. She went on to do Ugly Betty, Devious Maids. Great girl. Mm -hmm. She's from New York. We just bonded. We bonded on, on the set of this pilot. So she said to me, you should do it. You are funny. Like, just do it. Like, in honor of your mom, just get up, do some comedy. And she's like, I'll come. And this is really what talked me into. She's like, I'll come and I'll laugh. And she was a great laugh. Okay. Great laugh. And she's like, I'll bring people, we'll all laugh. And I thought, okay, if I get a table of people that I know are going to laugh, even if I'm not funny, I'll do it. So I took a class. And the, at the end of the class, you got up. Because I have a problem with follow through. Okay. So I knew if I just like, eh, maybe where am I going to perform, whatever. This was like a class. You did six weeks. Sure. And at the end, everybody did the improv. And, and she was like, it'll be a supportive environment. So anyway, my mom had this uh, Mickey Mouse watch that she used to wear all the time, and I wore the watch, you know, sort of like taking my mom with me. Sure. It was a, it was a big great. moment for me. It was mm -hmm. a big, like, this is for you, Mom. I'm going to do it. You told me I should do it. But in my head, I'm thinking, this is for my mom. You know what I mean? This is just like my not, life. Not for you. Right. Yeah. And I got on stage, and I, I don't know, first or second joke, and I thought, oh, my God, this is my thing. Like, not that I was so great, because, you know, you have the tape. I was not that great. <laughs> but I just knew this is everything kind of coming together. Because it was a little bit of acting, and it was a little bit of what I did singing, you mm -hmm. know, being on stage, entertaining the crowd. And I'm a writer. So it just right. made perfect sense. And it was like, fuck you, Mom. You just... Because <laughs> mothers know. You mothers know what I mean? Mothers know. That is right. You just know. And um, so... Anyway, so I did it that night, mm -hmm. but it was very daunting to me of like, how do you become a stand-up comedian? So there's a great book. Um, God, I would love to have her as a guest on the show. Julia, Julia Cameron wrote a book called The Artist's Way, very okay. famous yes. book. And everybody who ever um, has done, you know, I I don't want to say anybody's done anything, but anybody who's ever been stuck creatively, mm -hmm. they tend to get close to other artists because they sort of live their dream by being next to them. Okay. You know, it just it makes them feel like they're a part of it. So um, my boyfriend had just broken up with me, and I needed I was going to get a job. I was looking for a job, and I looked on Craigslist. Who would break up with me? Believe me, only one person actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was the one. No, that's not true. My high school boyfriend broke up with Ugh. me too. Usually, and not that I'm so great, but usually I'm the one that runs, right. you know, so, yeah. but yeah, so this guy, well, I don't know if he actually broke up with me, but he started looking for, and an, we lived together, and he started shopping for a new apartment. That he was going to live in without yeah. you. and didn't say anything to me, and I said, uh, hey, somebody called, this is when you had the home phone, right. said, hey, somebody called today about an apartment by the beach or something for you? He's like, yeah, I'm like, uh, are, are you moving? Are we moving? Like, so confused, right? And he said, um, I was thinking I would get a place down by the beach. I was like, by yourself? He's like, yeah. I go, so are you breaking was up he, with me? Was he going, Caitlin? Yeah. Is that the... What are you doing? I said, uh, what, are you breaking up with me? And he's like, no, no, I thought we'd like, you know, we'll still date, but we'll... I go, I'm not going backwards. You're gone, you're gone. Like, when we did try to date, you can't do that. Once no. you... You can't go backwards. And we, you know, listen, we probably moved in too quick, but that's a whole sure. other podcast. So I'm sorry, the artist way. Yes.
So shadow artist. Yeah. So I was looking for a job online on Craigslist, and I don't. I, I was like, I almost had to look twice, and it was like they were looking for an assistant to the owner of the Laugh Factory, and it said the Laugh Factory, and I and I, you know, I didn't know not a, a lot about stand up, but I knew okay, Laugh Factory is a pretty big deal. Mm -hmm. So I sent in my resume, okay. and I had worked at CAA as an agent assistant, and and I probably you know put a couple other things on there and made it look like I would be great for this position. Mm -hmm. And um, and I got called in for, for the interview. And I went down there and it was, you know, the Laugh Factory, across the street from the Laugh Factory was like these offices. Mm -hmm. And um, and I went in and I interviewed with Jamie mm -hmm. Masada and they hired me and I became his assistant. And, uh, and so my job, well, my job originally was to just be the assistant. And then he kept giving me more jobs because I was good at my job. Right. And I think he was, Jamie's interesting because Jamie, if you're doing, you have a period of time at the Laugh Factory where you are like the golden child right. and you got to enjoy it. And once you've been there a it's while, gonna be it's going to be done. <laughs> once you've been there a while and the golden, the new golden child comes in, they're all excited. They think they're winning and you're like, tick tock, motherfucker. You got to enjoy this because pretty soon you're going to be out. So it was my time and he started giving me more stuff. And so he, I was helping him with the lineup and mm -hmm. I was helping him with the management company. And I, I knew about management. So I knew to get the breakdowns and start, we had this like pool of comics that we represented. Mm -hmm. And I thought, why are we not sending them out on auditions? Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry to interrupt, but no. like, what, what, what is it about that? So, so the comedy club represents the comics, but don't they have other representation? Well, these comics, we were their representation. Right, and Jamie had a contract to where we signed them as we were managing them. So, wow. so, okay. and it was so they could have had another agent, and a, but but not. Yeah. It wouldn't be like a like a comedy booking agent. And I don't know if some of them. And I don't guys. know if some of them did. No, this wasn't for bookings. This was for like their career. Wow. Yeah, okay. their career. And we weren't sending them out or doing anything. So I was that like, let's get going. Sense. I mean, like yeah. Wild and Out at that time was having auditions. I was like, those right. see everybody. They, got, yes. You know. So I started that People momentum. People still see everybody. And here's here's a funny story. So we st I started that momentum. Okay. You know, obviously coming from CAA, like we have a delivery service. Sure. And this was before stuff was electronic. Right. So, so. so say I wanted to send you on an audition. I have your headshot. I have your resume. Now I would package it up with, you know, yes. with what audition I was getting. And then I would send it to that casting to office. Via so messenger. I, right. So somebody would come pick it up. And it was a, there was a place, it was called like Ready Express. Yes. Something. They did everybody's. Yep. You'd put these like big blue stickers on it. Was on the it. blue sticker was yeah. the, yes. So I said to Jamie, we got a stamp. I said it was a fake stamp. Yes. I said to Jamie, we got to sign up for the service. Okay. So he was like, oh, sweetie, I don't know. What's this? What's that? I said, no, we're going to need it, Jamie. We've got to send these. They got it. It's timely. We've got to get it timely. Mm -hmm. He was, no, no. Pat will do it. And I'm like, Pat, I've been there for a while. I didn't even know who Pat was. So Pat, was, was Pat previous to you? No. <laughs> Worse. Okay. Pat was the guy who did some of the gardening, some of the cleaning, and then also put up comics' names. Oh, like okay. On Friday so night, we got the, Dane Cookie. The suction cup thing with the. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Pat's got no phone. Pat's got no pager. Pat's got no cell phone. So if you want Pat. What year is this? When 2006. Anything without a 19 in it, and right. like what's what's going on with that? 
<laughs> so I had to go outside okay. of the laugh factory in my work clothes, you know, with because I have an audition. I'm like, Pat! Pat! Has anybody seen this? <laughs> no, I'm still oh Jamie's assistant. Phones are ringing, emails right. are coming in, and I'm like an asshole standing out here. Pat! Sweetie, I saw Pat. He uh, he drove off in the car. He's going to be back uh, later. Later when? <laughs> when? I'm waiting all day. It was ridiculous. You're like Audrey Hepburn in uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Pat! It was ridiculous. <laughs> So now I'm like, I'll go drive this fucking It was right. insane. It was insane. Uh, so so my, kind of the wind was out of my sails after sure. that because I was super excited and I thought, this is what I want to do. I want right. to manage comics. Now, also, I started going over to the comp after, so I worked whatever it was, 10 to 7. Sure. And then at 6, 7 o'clock, I would go over to the, lab, to the actual laugh factory because right. I worked in the office and watch stand-up. And Jamie would ask me questions. How did he do, sweetie? Did he run the light? Did he? So I was sort of like. You were the narc. I was the narc, which, you know, <laughs> as an Italian, I went against everything I believe in. Right, yeah. And I also, at the Why same time. Why are you time, a snitch? Also, at the same time, I started to become friendly with the comics. Right. And so I think I was kind of more on their side than, you know, and I would get in trouble all the time. You know, we had hired this comic to run college night. He would have me on the phone telling me, you gotta get me this person, you gotta get me that person. I'd be like trying, he'd be like, sweetie, who are you talking to? Hang up on him, you know, <laughs> get back to this, you know? So it was definitely a conflict of interest on a lot of levels. So um, yeah, so I, would, I, I, I was spending probably five, six nights a week watching stand-up. Wow. And- um, That's a hell of an education. And what happened was, the next thing they gave me to do, which was not my job, mm -hmm. and it was the job of someone who was doing a great job at it, and he's been there for, he was there for a long time. All of a sudden, they were like giving me the schedule, the, like the comedy schedule to type up, and I was never like, that's, you gotta remember, I didn't spend a lot of time in offices, you know right. what I mean? I'm not, I don't know Excel, and I knew Microsoft Word, type into it, print, that was about it. Right. So they give me this Excel spreadsheet and I'm supposed to type in the schedule for the day for the comics, mm -hmm. you know, and then what they said to me was send that out to this big email blast, which was probably like 500 people uh -huh. throughout Hollywood, maybe more. Okay. I don't even know. I said, well, how do I get there? You just cut and paste. Okay. So I send it out and I'm sitting in my office, 15 other things to do. And the vice president of the Laugh Factory at that time, this guy named Sean, comes walking in, he's like, what did you do? I'm like, what do you mean what did I do? He's like, what, what, what did you do? I said, I sent out the, the, the Excel, the spreadsheet. He goes, you sent the whole workbook? I'm like, I don't know what you're saying. You know what I mean? These this words are you. This you told me to do, I did that and I sent it. So what I had done, so Excel, for the four people in the audience that don't know, there's sections. Yes, so there's the, sheets. There's sheets. Yeah. So the first sheet was the schedule. The second sheet, was the name, address, and phone number of every comic that Jamie had ever encountered. Robin Williams, Jane Cook, Don Barrera, I mean, everybody. We're talking like home phone, right. address. Oh my yeah. God. So immediately I started getting a flood of emails back and the emails were saying things like, good luck. Hey, I hear there's an opening at my office. Like they knew I was fired. Right. They knew this was a huge fuck up. Yeah. But I think it didn't really land 
how big of a deal it was. And it also didn't land that they would let me go. I mean, I thought it was pretty valuable. I was doing all mm -hmm. these things. We had just, uh, we the management company, I had just signed Adam Hunter sure. to a three-year contract with us, a uh, management contract. Okay. So I just thought, yeah, there's a lot, I have a lot more value than just this. Right. So, um, but... But yeah, it just, it wasn't. No, you know, that's a, yeah. Yeah, it was a major fuck up. And I think that you just they had to make an from. example. They didn't listen, they didn't have to. They chose to make an example sure. of my mistake. Um, and it was funny because Don Marrero is like, you know, how close are you to getting health insurance? And I was pretty close. I was like a couple weeks away and then I was gone. But I don't think that's what it was. I don't think, I don't think Jamie wanted to let me go. Jamie and I had a good working relationship. Mm -hmm. He loved my daughter. He was good to me while I was there. Sure. And uh, I think it was just it was a it was a mistake that you that I couldn't yeah, rectify. Right. You know? No, that's right. There's no. There, yeah, you can't understand wow. that, unfortunately. I think they just had to make an example. They they had to you know for everybody that was going to be saying like you know my address and phone number. Right. You know, Don Marrero was very supportive. We had become really good friends, mm -hmm. and he was like this is ridiculous. You know, he's like. He's like, listen, Jamie, there's a lot of comics on that list that would be happy if someone would call them. Like, they haven't called them in years, you know. It's like, don't worry about it. Like, you know. Don Rickles. Nobody's yeah. heard from that guy in a like, while. It'd be great. Yeah, it'd be great for them to get a phone call. Sure. So, yeah, it was what it was. But I had spent a lot of time watching stand-up. Mm -hmm. And and I think it was just kind of divine intervention in sure. that I probably would have never maybe had. The longer I was there, I think... I was I would maybe lose confidence to try and actually pursue stand up because you know, I was around the greats and I was right. watching the greats and then it's sort of like oh the girl who's the assistant is going to do stand up mm -hmm. but I wasn't there long enough for that to be a real you know issue so um, Adam Hunter tells a funny joke he's like yeah this girl when he would bring me up on stage we did some shows together mm -hmm. Adam Hunter said you know this girl used to be my manager and then one day she looked at me doing stand up and thought yeah I could do that. And 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 in, in a way, that is what it was. I mean, right. I didn't look at Adam Hunter and think I could do what he does because right. he's very talented. But I think I was like, okay, I've got some stuff, you know. You and and I and I was writing stuff, mm -hmm. you know. There was stuff that was going through my head. But it was interesting when I first got up to do it because I think a lot of the comics were like, what is she gonna do? And is she potentially going to do my my material? Which I thought would have been hysterical if, if I got you, up the first time and just did one of every one of their jokes. That, that actually would be very. Would have been hysterical, yes. not to them, but to me, it would have been hilarious. Yes. So, um, so that was how I got started. Okay. Nice. That's a very long answer to your question. I loved that answer. We need more of those. So, so when did you know that you wanted to be uh, my husband? Uh. <laughs> It was. Uh, That's your lifelong dream, right? Yeah, it was October seventeenth, two thousand eleven. That was the day I met you. I know. You knew you wanted me to be your wife the day you met me. Uh, it was certainly in there. Really? Like what? I I never believed in love at first sight, and that uh, that I I got it at that point. That was the. It was the uh, seriously. It was a good I shirt. It was a good shirt. I was wearing it was that a good, day. It was a good shirt. You had the bangs. It was very cute. You had the yeah. the, the the straight hair that you were yeah. doing. And, yeah. Um, and those boots. Jesus, you remember a lot. I do. It's true. I just remember um, thinking you were very talented and you were super cute. Wow, thank you. No, you were like you kill whatever scene you were doing in class. I don't even you, remember what scene I did. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, you're a really talented. Actor. I'd have to go back and find the critique. Yeah. <laughs> called the Beverly Hills Playhouse. 
See? Yeah, what was I doing that day? That's where we met, Beverly Hills Playhouse. So tacky. Met. How many times did I say to you, like, we need a better story? People would be like, where'd you guys meet? I'm like, please say, like, Acting class. please say ice skating at well, Rockefeller the, the Center. The thing that I, I always love the joke of, like, you know, where'd you meet? J date. We're not Jewish, but that's right, okay. Right, right. <laughs> Let's say the so, comedy of the profession. I thought that was funny. <laughs> I find. I find that highly amusing. You find your humor hilarious. I do. Oh my God, I could listen to myself. So when did you know you wanted to be an actor? Because that's really what, um, what, you, what you pursued for a while. The first time I got on stage. And how old were you? 11. And you knew at 11, you're like, this is it, I'm done? Uh, no, because there was a lot of, you know, it's, it, so Milton Katsalas, who, who uh, founded and ran the Beverly Hills Playhouse, used to say um, the... Um, you fall in love in a second and then you spend eight years denying mm. like so that's the, that that is the the conflict is well, that wasn't true for you in our relationship no no absolutely you but, fell in love in eight but that's seconds but that's the that's the conflict it. so like i fell in love with acting the minute i got on stage mm -hmm. um and um you know it was always like a hobby and a whatever okay. and and that was you know i uh I left college. I was married. I had started you had having kids. You a whole kids. other life. I, yeah, I, yeah. And that was, and so I was doing the practical thing. And then when all that fell apart, it was like, well, what am I going to do? Well, it's like, well, if I get to the end of my life and I haven't tried this thing, I'm going to have a ton of regret. And that that thing was acting. That thing was acting. So you were living a completely other life. Yeah, yeah. I was working in the tech industry. I was working right. for Apple. Um, I was doing tech stuff. Right. Um, and commuting back and forth I, I bought a house in san joaquin county yeah you were you were living a whole i was life. commuting 65 miles each way every day and, and did you ever like have that moment where you're driving and you're thinking what the fuck did i do why am i here living this life yeah but i wouldn't listen to that but you I mean, thought it was, it. it was there oh you yeah thought it. oh it was there all the time yeah and was there a part of you that was like oh my god i made a giant mistake I've made a terrible mistake. I've made a terrible mistake. Um, yeah. Yeah. And especially after it all fell apart, I was just like, well, what the fuck is this for? Right. Yeah, I think, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's just one of the most fascinating things to me in, in life is kind of that it's a wonderful life, you know, uh, right. blueprint, which is like, if you did this and that happened and that, you know, sure. you don't, you don't go to acting class or I don't sign up for that class or I don't meet Jeremy right. or like all these things that happen that kind of, you know, takes you to this place. It's sort of fascinating. To you might've ended up happy. I, yeah, it was a good, I had a good chance at happiness <laughs> until I met you. Um, anyway, I do want to end with uh, sort of a wrap up about the story about my mom. Cause yeah. I think this is pretty fascinating. So on Tuesday night I did Hooters. I did re I did rebar. Okay, please I'll, I'll please elaborate. Right. Yes, I did Hooters. What did does Hooters. that mean? Yeah. Um, you serve some chicken wings. <laughs> <laughs> My big career at Hooters. Right. Um, so Tuesday night uh, I did an open mic. Okay. And it was a contest to win a spot at Hooters. And so the casino, not the, the casino, restaurant. The casino, right? Out here in Vegas. Yes. And so I did rebar. I won the contest. I did Hooters. Congratulations! Right? Thank you. And I did uh, Hooters. It went really well. It was a great. It was a great show. It's called the Hilarious Seven at Seven. Yep. And uh, seven comics. Each comic gets ten minutes each. Mm -hmm. It's a seventy-minute show. Right. And it's it's great. And we'll we'll have to have John Hilder on. He's the one that yeah. runs the show. Anyway, so he had me on. He was very gracious. It was a great show. 
And later that night, you and I started talking about the room that my mom ran mm -hmm. when my mom started doing, you know, comedy or hosting a comedy night. Yep. And sure enough, the San Remo Hotel was where it was. That's right. And the San Remo Hotel is the Hooters. Is what Hooters is. That's right. So there's a very good chance that that Tuesday showroom. night, yeah. that showroom that I did, was the room that my mom ran before she passed away. That's crazy. I mean, if you don't believe in like you know yeah spirituality mysticism metaphysics i mean whatever. right yeah you know yeah yeah no, that's crazy that's really crazy it's really it's it's pretty phenomenal and i think a good testament to your mom too that she uh ran a room that at she, Hooters, or that that, uh, that she that she ran a room she, at the san remo she, hotel that she worked that out to where i could uh, and, and that and that you uh in this foray back into it yeah got to got to perform there and are probably going to be performing there pretty regularly yeah so. yeah well i hope so yeah well i've got what three more dates there yeah 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 currently so i love it so i love it and i'm glad to be back i had a little uh i, I started back up um well well when we met i was mm -hmm. i was i was you were still doing yeah you were i was still doing stand-up a lot yeah you had, your, then, you had your own show and, and then we got into uh Making movies, Making movies and, we and made a movie trying to make TV shows made a pilot and, yeah. and did a bunch of stuff together. And then and I sort of took a break from stand up. Mm -hmm. And a big part of it was that my act was really based on a life that I was no longer living. <laughs> Being single. Being single. <laughs> and it's like, it sounds so silly. It's like as a, as a comic, you, you go through different stages in right. life. And a lot of the comics that I know that I'm friends with, I've watched them go through stages. Mm -hmm. You know, I've seen Brett Ernst get married and Sebastian's gotten married. Right. And, you know, and then people have had babies and, you know, and yeah. gone in and out of That's show right. business on different levels, you know. Um, right. And so it's interesting to to see that and watch them write material based on breakups and marriages sure. and, and death and everything. Um, but, yeah, so I, I think I was just sort of needing a break at that time. And so we got together. I took a break. And then... We moved out here to Vegas, and, mm -hmm. and you were like, why don't you... Get back into it. Get back into it. And then we did, and we, we had a lot of momentum yeah. last year. Oh, yeah, no, that really was your we rocket ship. And then, uh, and then we lost our, our little dog, yep. and uh, she passed away suddenly at 18 months, 18 and, months yeah. and it wrecked me. Yeah. Like, it just... I still could cry about it right now. Mm -hmm. like it just... Me too. I mean, I'm doing so much work on that loss, you mm -hmm. know, like doing EMDR and therapy and programs and everything because it just was such a hard hard thing yeah. to go through and crazy. and i remember thinking about dane cook during that time because you know he was doing stand-up and lost his mom and his dad right and so it's like how do you process that kind of pain and show up at a venue you know i yeah. had two um yeah you did you did the festivals Lachlan comedy that festival i was in and yeah, then, two, yeah and i was supposed to do burbank you were supposed too to do burbank and you couldn't but it's like the loss was so great that it just really wrecked me you mm -hmm. know and i just really couldn't and there was literally nothing funny about it to me there was i couldn't find anything no. that i could make light of you know what right. i mean so that was really hard and it took uh what do they what does my cousin say it, sometimes it takes Four leg takes eight legs to replace four. Yeah, and we wound up with eight legs plus Jackson's we, yeah, four we, legs. We, so we, have, we, have, we have twelve legs. We have twelve legs in the house. Um, That's right. But uh, yeah, and then and then you know, and now I'm now I'm kind of back, and it's twelve it's, legs, two dicks, and two balls. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Viewers at home can work that one out. Right. Exactly. Riley. I mean, if we there. include me, then it's more, but. Oh, I was including you. Oh. <laughs>
Wah, wah. <laughs> That's why I thought it was so funny. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, you have a dick. Do I? <laughs> Thanks. So. I haven't seen it in forever. Me either. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's been it's been a year, or it'll be a year next week, and it's yeah. taken that amount of time to yeah. to really. Uh, and, the, and then we have her really half sister, it. who's annoying as hell. This one is just another. But then, level. then that one's just a. This one makes up for everything. Also. Anyway, all right. So we should probably sign off. Yes. Get out this. Thank you, everybody. Uh, it's been it's been a lot of fun. It's this been was great fun. to to interview you and uh, thank you thank you for thank doing you, my first thank podcast. You, thank you for uh, popping my podcast cherry. You've never been on a podcast. I've never been on a podcast. Look at that. We learned something new today. There we go. Uh, Rocco's never been on a podcast either. No, he hasn't. I think Rodco. 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 <laughs> it's his company. I think it's Rodco Rock. could uh, Rocco Black could be the face of the podcast. He could. It's true. He's got a cuter face than I do. Uh, I don't know. All, All right, there. cool. Nice job. You as well. Thanks. Thanks, baby. The checks in the mail. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you enjoyed spending some time with me as much as I enjoyed spending some time with you. And if you just can't get enough, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter. Go like my Facebook page. And all my dates are on andreanatoli.com. I've got some dates coming up in Vegas, some dates in L.A. And also I have my blog on my website, too. So check it out. Yeah, you only want some company. Doesn't matter if it comes from.